Some are up or some are down. Some are up or some are down. Some are up or some are down. You get my message title today? We're going to have a summer up, not a summer down. I'm going to teach you today how to have a summer up, not a summer down. It's going to be real good. I remember there was a, a, a Saturday I was at the pool with all my friends. And there was so many of us in this pool. You ever been in a pool that was overcrowded? I was in a really, really overcrowded pool. Boys everywhere. Little boys. You know, preteen boys. Rambunctious boys. And so pool time with a bunch of preteen boys is just dunking each other, pranking each other, slapping each other, whatever, you know, jumping on each other. And we were just having so much fun. Dunking and having fun and swimming. Just a wonderful, wonderful time in the pool. And, of course, one of my friends came up from behind me and just jumped on my shoulders and pushed me right down under the water. And I went under the water. Oh, so fun, so funny. And I tried to come right back up. And there were so many kids in the pool that the space closed. And I tried to come back up, and I, and I hit people. And, the, and, the, and you know, the kids that I hit, they weren't paying any attention that I was under the water and they filled in that space, and I couldn't get up. And I remember this feeling of, I, I might drown. I cannot get up into this space. And so I decided to somehow figure out a way to make room. And when you're feeling like you're drowning, it's a terrifying experience. And so you kind of go into the mode of total survival. These were not my friends anymore. I don't care who was there. They're going to move. And so I started pinching bellies and scratching anything I could. And sure enough, I was pinching kids so hard. I mean, you ever pinch somebody so hard you want you're, you thought you had their skin in your fingers after you're done? Just And they, they like, oh, you know, one kid jumped. And I saw a glimmer of light as one kid moved. And I punched my way up. And I broke through the bodies. And they still had no idea that I almost drowned in the pool that day. They were mad at me for pinching them. I was so shaken by this experience. I, I just I walked to the side of the pool. I got out. I sat in a chair for a while, and I just thanked God I was alive. I saw my life, you know, kind of flash before my eyes. I had to calm myself down. I had to breathe for a bit. I had to, I had to really say, okay, I'm alive. I'm okay. Everything's okay here. But there was one reason I survived that day in the pool was because essentially this, I had a desire to be alive. I had a desire to be alive. You want to have a summer up? What you got to have right first and foremost from the very beginning, starting today right now, is a desire to have a wonderful summer with Jesus. A desire to go up and not stay down. I desired to get up to the oxygen above that water line. I desired to be alive. I didn't want to be under the water anymore. And it didn't matter who was in my way. I was going to come up out of that water. You ever have that sense in your life at times 
We need a desire to get up this summer, a desire to have a summer up and not a summer down. Amen, church? There's this crazy story in the Bible in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. I'll read it to you now. It'll certainly be on the screens as well. But it says, starting in verse 1, one day the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall, the man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said. And the man reached out and grabbed it. First thing we must do, if we're going to have a summer up and not a summer down, is we got to do what these prophets did. Right at the very beginning in verse 1, they prioritized gathering together. They were gathering together. What were they doing? I'm sure they were learning and growing from Elisha the prophet. They were gathering together. They were coming together. They were being together. They were growing because of this gathering. Because of the gathering, they were learning and they were growing and they were, they were developing wonderful community and wonderful relationships. And because of all this, there's, there's things that happen as the gathering took place. But you got to prioritize gathering together, just like these prophets prioritized gathering together because as you gather, there is growth. You want to have a summer up? Go to church. Come together every time the doors are open. A desire to be together is a sign of a healthy Christian. The church, us, we are Jesus's bride. So let's treat one another with love, with respect, with affection. A Christian who claims to love Jesus but doesn't like the church is rejecting the bride of Jesus Christ. If someone were to come up to me and tell me how much they love me, but also how much they hate my wife, oh, get out of my face. You don't love me. If you love me, you love my wife. If you love my wife, you'll love me. Show me you love me by loving my wife. Show me you love me by loving my children. Show me how much you love me by loving my bride. A way to love Jesus is to love the bride of Christ. Look around. This is the bride. Beautiful, uh huh? Hebrews 10, verse 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need encouragement to gather together. It's June. It's my birthday month. But you know what? The enemy has turned it into pride month. I hate that. 
Pride is a sin. Reject the Jesus, the Bible said Jesus rejects the proud. Let's not be like that, church. Let's gather together. Let's encourage each other in the Lord. We need each other now more than ever. Now more than ever. The world is flipped upside down. They think they're celebrating something and they're championing something, but really what they're doing is they're celebrating a way to hell. They're celebrating a wide path going to hell. June used to be my birthday month. Some point over the years has turned into Pride Month. I hate that. It's my birthday month. It's my wife's birthday month too. How many people like a birthday month, not a birthday day? Amen. See? Yes. And, and we need to reject this ideology of Pride Month. We need to reject the lifestyle that it represents and that it celebrates. You know, the church is afraid to, to offend. Why? Because they don't want to be persecuted. We cannot be afraid of persecution, church. We cannot be afraid of that. That's why the church won't want to raise their voice to say something. But we need to gather, and we need to pray, and we need to stand for something that the world is for. We need to stand for our own thing. And in so doing, we might save a few. Amen, church? Let's not neglect gathering together. Let's not neglect it. We need each other. Another thing that happened here in this story, I don't know if you caught everything, but we're going to go through everything. Is a, 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 Another thing that they did was they, they had a vision. Have a vision. One of the prophets saw that the place where they were gathering was now too small. So what did he say? Let's go down to the Jordan River. Let's build a bigger place. Let's cut down some trees. Let's get to work. Let's do something. And they all agreed, this is a wonderful idea. Somebody had a vision, and it gathered the masses. A summer without a vision is a summer that will have no growth. Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This actually literally means write something so big that as somebody is running by, they'll still be able to read it. That's essentially what this passage is saying. That's like when you're driving down the road at 75 miles per hour, US 23 or I-96, the billboards are big so that as you drive really fast, you can still get the message. Let's do that, church. Let's have a vision. Let's write it big. You're never going to accidentally grow. You're never going to accidentally grow muscle. You'll never accidentally get better. You'll never accidentally lose weight, save money. You'll never accidentally fall in love with your spouse. You'll never accidentally read a book. Have growth this summer. Be intentional about your growth. There was a carrot farmer in the U.S., and, and he'd get his carrot crop every single year, and he was only able to sell 30% of all the carrots that he grew on his land every single year to the stores, he would have to throw away 70% of his carrot crop. The reason he had to throw it away is because the carrots were ugly. The stores wouldn't buy ugly, crooked, misshaped carrots. 
Because the consumers didn't want an ugly, crooked, misshaped carrot. And so they have to throw away 70% of his crop every single year. He got tired of losing all that profit that he invented a couple machines that the first machine would take a big, ugly carrot and it would cut it into all these, into smaller, bite-sized pieces. And then he would take those carrots and he'd send it into another machine that would kind of cut off some of the bumps and the, and the whatever on it. And then it would then run through a third machine. It was like a, a buffer, a stone buffer. It would roll. The carrots would roll on this big, big piece of stone for quite a while. And then it would come out the end. And it was a brand new thing. It was called a baby carrot. And he put the baby carrot in a bag and he sent the bag to the grocery stores. And you know what was extremely popular? The baby carrot. As a matter of fact, the baby carrot became so popular that the, the consumption of carrots in America went up 30% nationwide and stayed up still to this day, where it's at still today. And this man invented the baby carrot, which is now a better carrot than a normal, ugly, long, bitter carrot. He buffs off the bitter outside, puts a little sweetener on it. It's a wonderful thing to eat. But, you know, none of that would have happened unless one man had some sort of vision for something that, wasn't, that didn't ever even existed before. He had a vision, and he took that vision, and he made it happen. Do you see something better? Do you see a better place? Do you see where you want to be with your life? Let me just let you inside my personal vision for my life this summer. Are you ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. Listen to my vision for my life this summer. I'm not joking about this. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things that I'm going to intentionally do this summer. And it's going to make me have a summer up, not a summer down. Number one, go to church. Number two, go on missions. Number three, daily prayer walks. Number four, daily Bible reading. Number five, listen to podcasts. Number six, Watch sermons on YouTube. Number seven, read books. That's my vision for my life this summer. But without a vision, I might not do any of it. Without an intentional plan and purpose and thought process behind growing and getting better and having a wonderful summer with Jesus, I might not do any of it. You'll never accidentally grow, church. Third thing you got to do, we see here what happened in the story. They have, they're gathering. They're outgrowing it. They get a vision for a better place. And then they're about to go down to the Jordan River, and someone says, Elisha, come with us. He says, I will go with you. Number three, you got to take Jesus with you. Do you want Jesus to go with you everywhere you go? Well, then, live the kind of life where Jesus can go with you everywhere you go. Want to have a summer where you go up? Eliminate the places Jesus won't go. And then you'll start going up. I'll say this to you today, church. Good works never got anyone into heaven. And bad works never got anyone into hell. If you want to be with Jesus, you want to be with Jesus, you're going to heaven. You want to be without Jesus? You want to reject Jesus? You want to eliminate Jesus out of your life? You want nothing to do with Jesus? Guess what? You'll, be, you'll, you'll eliminate Jesus in this life, and you'll eliminate Jesus in the next life. It's really, truly that simple.
this summer. Take Jesus with you. Invite Jesus into your home. Invite Jesus on your vacation. Invite Jesus into your marriage. Bring Jesus into your family. Take Jesus with you in your heart everywhere you go. Next thing you got to do is you got to work the vision. They had a vision about building a new building, and they went down. They started cutting trees. That's a hard work. Sharpening their axes, cutting down trees, milling up these things, taking care of these trees. They're, they're starting to work the vision. Don't take the summer off. Don't get passive and begin to make all your days, days off. Proverbs 18 verse 9 says, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. A lazy person is bad as someone who destroys things. Ever heard this? Idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's not a scripture verse, but I wish it was. <laughs> idle hands are the devil's workshop. It's still true, though. A wonderful piece of advice. Don't get idle this summer. Don't just sit back and be lazy and take the whole summer off. The miracle of the axe head floating came to the one who was working. The miracle of the axe head floating came to the one who was working. All throughout Scripture, including the Old Testament, right all the way on through to the New Testament, God rewards the work, God rewards the workers and punishes the lazy. I'm not talking about not vacationing. I'm not talking about maybe not taking a day out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about never vacationing from your daily devotion to Jesus. When I go on vacation, I don't vacation from my morals too. I take my morals with me. My character goes with me. Next thing you got to do to have a summer up, you got to purpose prayer. When that axe head fell into the water, what did he do? Help! He cried out for help. Who did he cry out for help to? Elisha, which is a shadow imagery of Jesus. He prayed. This summer, let's purpose prayer. He pur- let's purpose prayer. Prayer is the most important discipline in your walk with the Lord. Without prayer, well, you're up the creek without a paddle. Where there is a desire to pray, though, where there is a desire to pray, there I will find revival. And simply put, church, prayer works. Jesus routinely went away to pray. He would go off alone to pray. His disciples didn't know what he was talking to God about when he would go out to pray. They finally got to the point where they asked Jesus, Jesus, when you go out to pray, what are you saying? Teach us how to pray too. Prayer is just simply this, church. Let's not overcomplicate it. It's communion with God. Try not to turn prayer into request hour. But make sure you're building a relationship with God. This summer, I'm encouraging you to be too busy not to pray. Sometimes prayer is not saying much at all. Sometimes prayer is just simply letting the love of God pour over you. Just soaking in the love of your heavenly Father. Without prayer this summer, you will be powerless. Without prayer this summer, you're going to be miraculousness. I'm making up words. Without prayer this summer, you'll be stamina-less. That's another made-up word. I wrote it down, though. Without prayer, you'll be heartless, loveless, and more. Prayer works. 
Without prayer, you're like an unfilled balloon. You're just saggy and flat. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything to anybody today. Not talking about your body. Talking about your spirit, man. Talking about the thing that lives forever, for eternity. Your spirit, man. We're all supposed to be helium-filled balloons going up with a purpose. You ever look at a balloon just laying on the ground? How sad. It's serving no purpose. It's doing nothing. No, let's be a nice big old helium-filled balloon going up with a purpose today, church. Next thing you got to do to have a summer up, realize that your life is a borrowed life. This life is not your own, the Bible says. You're just borrowing what Jesus has gave you, which is your breath. You're just borrowing it. You know, the axe head, it was a borrowed one. He recognized that what he had in his hand was just borrowed. It's very important today, church, to understand that what you have in your hand today, it's just borrowed. It doesn't belong to you. Those children, they don't belong to you. Your spouse, they don't belong to you. Your job, your friendships, it doesn't, it doesn't belong to you. It's all just simply borrowed. Jesus tells a parable in Matthew chapter 25 called the parable of the talents. And he explains to us that God is watching us take care of our life, take care of his special possessions. And he wants us to do good with what he has given us, with what we are borrowing for the short time that we have in this life. Once you realize that your life is not your own, you become a better person. Nothing worse than somebody who claims to own something and that is not theirs. We love to make idols out of created things, but instead, church, we must worship the creator. Just a few more here, then I'll be done. Next thing you got to do to have a summer up and not a summer down, recognize where there is brokenness. He loses the axe head. He cries out for help. Elisha made him point out exactly where the axe head went. You can't find healing if you don't admit you're broken. Jesus can't heal what you don't expose. You got to let the light shine in the darkness. You want a summer where you go up? Take this summer to admit some brokenness, to find some healing. Many fail in life. Because of past hurts and brokenness, they never received healing from. What if the man who broke the axe head, the borrowed axe head, what if the man who broke the borrowed axe head never asked for help? What if he was embarrassed? What if he was full of shame, felt a lot of guilt right away as soon as it went into the water and it just went bloop into the water and he just went like this? Slowly walked away. Pretended like nothing happened. That is some people's response to life, isn't it? Let's not point that out. I don't want to say out loud the mistake I just made. This is like self-preservation. This is like survival. This is like, you know, don't say a word. I don't want to let anybody know I've made a mistake. I want to be seen as perfect in the eyes of all those around me. We all know that's not real. 
We all know nobody in this room is perfect today. We all know that we bite back when we shouldn't. We talk back when we shouldn't. We think things we shouldn't. We say things we shouldn't. We do things we shouldn't. But we want to pretend like nothing happened. Don't look over there. But I love what this man did. The man who broke the axe head, he immediately said, help. Oh no, it was a borrowed axe. The man of God says, show me where it went. Right there. That's where I made the mistake. But the miracle comes to the one who says, right there. That's where I made the mistake. That's where it went right there. If the man never said anything, that axe head would still be at the bottom of that water right now. You know, children love to hide their mistakes. But mature people love to expose them. So the prophet Elisha, what does he do? It says in the word of God that he cut a stick, which represents the cross, and he threw it on the problem. He threw it on the spot where the axe broke. He threw it in the spot where the head went into the water, and Elisha put the cross on the spot where it was broken, and it floated to the surface. Take your Jesus, who hung on a cross for you, throw it at your problem today. Don't cover your problems with things other than Jesus. It only results in more problems. Then it floats to the surface and the man of God says, grab it. Take it. Grab it. It's right there. Reach out today. Grab the good thing. Grab it today. Reach out for your spouse. Reach out for your children today your family. Reach for your friends. Reach out for your church. Reach for the career God has given you. Reach out for your home. Take care of the things God has given you. Reach out for these things. These are the talents. These are the things God has put in your hand. God has given them to you. Grab them today. Own them today. Take care of them today. Nurture them back to life today. Make them bloom today, church. Amen? You want to have a summer where you go up? Reach out and grab for all those good things today. Stop speaking death over things that God has called good. Amen, church? None of the things I talked about today are hard. It just requires somebody to say, I'm going to have a summer up. Just got to do it. Just got to do it. Don't let the summer pass you by without being intentional. Some are up or some are down. The choice is ours. Amen, church? You want to worship with me a little bit here at the end? Let's stand to our feet. Let's let's just worship and just give God our summer. Let's worship and say, God, I'm going to be intentional with my days this summer. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to point out the problems. I'm going to get things back in order. I'm going to take care of the things you've given me, God. Amen, church? All right, Rachel, come on, let's sing it out. Let's worship, church. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. For all you will give 
to feel compelled to pray for two sets of people today. I just feel compelled to pray for those who you had intentions of having a summer down, but you feel now you must, you must have a summer up. You had plans, you had intentions. You actually put into place plans and thoughts and ideas to have a summer down. But right now, God's grabbing hold of your heart to have a summer up instead. I want to pray for you today. Let's bow our heads. Oh, Jesus, right now, we just lift up to you those precious hearts, those precious people who had intentions to have a summer down and I pray right now you grab a hold of their heart and you begin to put inside of them a desire to be with you Jesus to take you wherever they go I pray that you put in them a desire to go places where you can go Jesus to do things that you want to do Jesus to have conversations that you want to be a part of Jesus Lord I pray right now the enemy would get away I pray right now the enemy would flee under the mighty name of Jesus. That the temptation to have a summer down, Lord God, would go in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now a desire to have a summer up would overtake us. In the mighty name of Jesus, there's another group of people I want to pray for. It's the young people. Because the enemy would desire to steal the heart of a young person this summer and I'm going to pray for all the young people and maybe you have young children and I want you to pray with me for them right now amen church oh Jesus we pray for all the young people we pray right now for the young people Lord God I pray for a miracle to take place right now a desire in their hearts to be at church a desire in their hearts to pray a desire in their hearts to gather a desire in their hearts to expose the brokenness a desire in their hearts to take Jesus with them wherever they go a desire to be in the house of God a desire to be around Christian community a desire to pray oh Jesus put it inside of them we pray right now As Jesus begins to put these desires in our hearts today, church, let's worship just a little bit longer.
I really feel like the Lord wants me to put some emphasis on this one point I preached about today, which was the miracle of the axe head floating came to the one who was working. There's so, there, there, there's so many opportunities to get to work for Jesus this summer. You can serve at the church on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can serve at youth summer camp. You could go on a Renewing Hope experience for, to go on to the outreach. You can, you can serve in Ignited, the, the children's ministry. Many are going on missions this summer. But I guarantee you right now that there's a miracle you need in your life. It's It's something. You need a miracle, and you can you can pinpoint it. You can you know what it is, and I truly believe that the miracles come to the one who those to those who are working, to those who are just doing what the Lord has asked them to do, and as they work, God will do the miracle. God will do the miracle as you just come to church and take your kids to the children's ministry. Jesus will capture the heart of your child. But he's just asking you to bring him. He's asking you to do that work, to get him here, and he'll grab a heart of a child. Jesus loves children. Maybe it's a problem in your marriage. Continue to work at at loving that person. And as you love them, as you reach out for them, as you take care of them, Jesus will do the work. He'll bring the miracle to the one who does the work. I just feel like that's the, a word for many in this service today, in this specific 9 a.m. service. That, that the miracle will come to the one who does the work. Don't take the summer off. You want to see miracles take place. I will encourage you to get working. Get working for the Lord. Amen, church? Amen. The, the band's going to continue to play nice, nice and loud, and as they do, you're dismissed. Have a great day.